ready to get inspired. This, this is the Go For The Goldie podcast. It is Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. Welcome to episode 36 of the Go For The Goldie podcast. And today, I am joined by a lifestyle and wellness coach, as well as a fellow member of that famous on-run crew, Almetria Turner. Almetria, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us tonight. I'm much, much appreciated. Well, thank you, Brian, for having me on today. I appreciate it, too. Been really looking forward to this one because you are from the little that I've, you know, the little that we've communicated with, a very inspiring and, and you know, crazy, busy, and motivating person. So, you know, if you don't mind, you know, right off the bat, let's kick it off with, like, just a quick intro about yourself, you know, a little bit about who you are and, you know, what you do. Okay. Um, well, my name is Almetria Turner. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, home of the blues and barbecue, as well as Elvis. Um, I'm still, um, I, I'm still living here in Memphis. Um, I have a bachelor's and master's degree in journalism with emphasis in advertising and public relations. I'm a lifestyle and wellness coach and a whole lot of other things, I guess you can say, from a fitness instructor to a running coach, um, indoor cycling, boot camp. Um, now I'm into yoga, so I just finished my um, yoga certification. I'm in doula training, so I'm trying to help um, women have empowered and dignified births. Um, a marathoner, I'm quite a bit of everything. Cookbook author, recipe developer, I love cooking, um, mo- motivational speaker. So anything basically health and wellness related. I call myself a wellness disruptor. I love that. That's very interesting. Um, and I'll tell you, any one of those things is enough to fill someone's entire day. So the fact that you're all of those things is just, I can't wait to get into it. And I wasn't kidding when I said that. I, I follow you and I'm like, how the hell does she have time for, for all of this? This is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so we came in touch with each other um, through the On Run crew. Um, you know, for those that follow me, they know I'm always talking about that brand and, you know, my path to, to getting in touch with them. But um, let's start there because that was one of the things that you touched on. You know, you're, um, you're a marathoner and um, like endurance and stuff like that. So um, I guess wh- how did you get started with that and what do you currently do? Are you training for any marathons specifically or what have you done in the past? Well, um, honestly, I never, ever ever in my life would have thought to become a runner. Um, I was leading a very sedentary um, lifestyle. Um, I came from a place of morbid obesity. Um, I've been overweight my entire life. And it's so weird that we're filming um, episode 36 because it was at the age of 36 that I decided to turn my life around. Look at that, Um, that's fate right there. It, it, it is. When you said episode 36, I said that was the age in which I said, you know what, I have to do something about this. So I was morbidly obese. I was um, almost 350 pounds. I had diabetes as well as hypertension. And I took it upon myself as far as at the age of 36. I was like, I want to be fit by 40. So I gave myself a goal of four years to lose the weight, learn how to eat healthier, and basically get my butt up off the couch. <laughs> and so within the four year time span, I naturally lost 177 pounds. I completed my first half marathon before I turned 40. I was turning 40 that year. 
And um, I completed uh, my first marathon um, like two years later, but I've done every distance there is. I even, like I said, became a certified RRCA as well as a USATF um, running coach and race director. And so when I said leading a sedentary lifestyle, I really, really did. I never in a million years thought that I could walk a mile, let alone run 26.2. And so um, it's just, I'm at a place where um, I just received my road ID bracelet in the mail today. And on it, it says fit and finally free, which is also the name of my business. And it says running gives me freedom because running actually did give me the freedom in which I needed um, in order to lose the weight, find myself, and just to mark a path um, for me to go down because I was heading down a path of death, truth be told. And so I wanted to live. And so that was you know, really the goal of which I've had. I was like, and I want to be fit by 40. And this is the first time in my life, I'm 47 now, that I've ever been in you know, great shape as far as in terms of, of wellness. And for the past seven or eight years, I've been medication free. So I haven't taken anything um, in terms of the diabetes or hypertension because I pretty much um, corrected or self-healed through just eating correctly as well as working out and exercising. So it was a gift as well as it, it was a curse for me because like I said, I was headed down a path of destruction um, as far as just it, like I said, as far as being overweight. So that's how I got onto the path of running. It gave me freedom. It gave me the, the tools in which I needed to um, overcome, I guess, the depression, the low self-esteem and, you know, the place how, like, you know, how did I get here? And so, you know, it was just a couple of footsteps um, because the journey of a thousand steps you know, starts with one, journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. And so I just had to put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving. Well, first of all, that is, <clears throat> I, I'll tell you, that, that really strikes a chord with me, your story, because um, I was the training and outreach quarter or outreach and training coordinator at um, a run store in Buffalo, New York, where I'm from. And there were, for every successful story like you, there were a million people that would take that first step in that journey, like you said, and the path in front of them would become too overwhelming and they'd give up. And I would like, it was so hard to say, you did the hard part, you started. Starting's the hardest part. You know, once you get going, that momentum starts carrying you. You know, that's, just keep going, that's it, you know? But um, I, I wish, and the way that this whole, podcast started was um my idea was like there was a there i wanted to motivate others to to realize that like eight people just have this bizarre idea of like what old is right like like a 36 year old who you said you were 350 pounds like for most people they'd be like nah it's i'm old you know my ship sailed and you know this I, this is me the rest of my life and you said, truth be told, like, you're not going to have a very long life if you continue to, to go down that path, you know? So um, that's that's just an absolutely incredible story. And I know um, just how hard you must have worked to, to get to the point that you're at. So um, I'll tell you, doing like just talking to people um, and not really knowing a lot about their past. Like, I didn't know any of this about you before you came on today. Um, it's just it's just so inspiring to, to talk to people like you and wow that is that's absolutely incredible so honestly bra bravo to you about for all that stuff that is that's just that's wild so what was the what was the first marathon that you ever did that um, 
after you know your weight loss journey um st jude right here in my hometown because it was the place where i wanted to you know get my start um you know st jude i'm one of their heroes ambassadors i'm also on their national digital influencer team where i really believe in their cause because no child should ever or parents should have, um, ever have to pay a bill um, in terms of trying to take care of their children. Right. Um, you know, it's all about childhood cancer. Um, they share the research to different hospitals and doctors all around the world for free. And like I said, parents don't have to pay a bill. The only worry in which they should have to worry about is, like I said, taking care of their children. So that's something that I wholeheartedly believe in. And I wanted to give back to my community in that regard um, in terms of raising awareness and um, funds as far as for the hospital, because it costs over $2 million per day um, from day-to-day -day operations in order for the hospital to, to, to succeed um, in terms of care, in terms of research, salaries, keeping the lights on. And so that's where I really wanted to, like I said, give my first um, you know, half marathon as well as marathon I'm right here in my hometown. That's real quick. Is there a way for you to maybe adjust your camera a little bit? The yeah. sun right behind you. I, you, we, we kind of lost you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, because it's the light from the window. I can turn on like a, a lamp. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we just I can't really see you. <clears throat> I wasn't even paying attention. No, that's all right. That's all right. That's my job. I'm I'm the one producing it, right? <laughs> I could turn a lamp. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, so it's actually pretty ironic that you brought up the St. Jude thing because I'm actually doing a fundraiser next week for St. Jude. Um, yeah, yeah. How about the <laughs> timing on that? Huh? The 36 and the St. Jude thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's fate. I'm doing a um. So earlier in the year, I had a couple on um, a married couple that um, both have had cancer and um, they had it at different points in their lives. You know. Um, one had it as a kid and the other um, as an adult, but um, their, their like main goal in life is to do live uh, stream fundraising. So next week we're doing, I don't know if you've ever heard of Zwift, the um, cycling platform. Have you ever heard of it before? Yeah, so it's a 48-hour, uh, I should know this, it's either 48 or 72-hour. It's just, it's like a, we, we're doing it in three-hour increments. So um, I have next Friday morning from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. I'm going to be doing a three-hour fundraising live stream. And, you know, they, we pass the, the people watching on to the next people and the next people. So it's just like a 72-hour continuous live stream. So that's pretty cool. But, yeah, I, um, I believe in that foundation, obviously, too, and um, what they're doing. And um, that's, so that moment that you cross the finish line, like it's your hometown – You've lost a bunch of weight. It's your first time achieving this this feat. I mean, what was that feeling like? It was amazing. Of course, like with any runner, you sit there, it's like you go through the ebbs and the flows of running. You know, you see the finish line, you're tired, and then you have to remember your why, why you're here. And so my why was the children of St. Jude. And once I crossed the finish line, it's like, okay, so when's the next one? <laughs> that's the da most dangerous you know the most dangerous thought an endurance athlete can have is they cross that finish line then just immediately all right what's next that is that's good so i mean what 
let me just ask you, I mean, right off the bat here, I mean, to someone who is struggling with weight, regardless of how old they are, you know, what advice would you give them um, to, to, to get started? Because, I mean, I've, you know, personally, I've never been overweight, so it's, mm-hmm. I could, I could preach till the cows come home, but like for someone who's actually done the work and, you know, been in those shoes, like, that's why like David Goggins is so inspirational, right? Like, crazy overweight guy and I was just doing you know crazy insane stuff and that that res- that his message resonates with people because he can you know he was there before so what, what advice would you give to someone um, who you know would want to follow in your footsteps well for one you have to do it for you so many people um, try to encourage me just like hey you know we really care about you you know have you thought about you know trying to lose some weight you know yada 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 but you have to be ready no one else can sit there and force a horse to drink the water, even though the water might be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as with me, unfortunately, I had to be reactive as opposed to being proactive um, because I'm pretty sure my doctor, you know, um, said that it's like you're pre-diabetic or this is what you should do, lose 10% of your body, um, you know, body weight, you know, you can, you know, you won't head down the path of diabetes or anything like that. But I had to do it for me. Um, I had to change my mindset as far as me wanting to lose the weight. And honestly, what was my why? Was it to, you know, get into a dress for an upcoming event? Was it to go to a beach? Uh, was it, you know, something that was materialistic as far as like, oh, I like this dress? It's like, no, I wanted to live. That was my why. I didn't want to have the um, diabetes um, as far as the consequences turn into blindness, amputations, stroke. Um, you know, I didn't want the hypertension to, you know, be like a heart attack. I'm a very independent person. So I didn't want having to be a burden on anyone as far as taking care of me. Mm-hmm. So as far as the person who wants to lose the weight, the first question is why? What's your why? Um, is it that, you know, is it you? Is it for your children? for your family, um, what's your why? And so, you know, my why was, like I said, I wanted to live. And so, you know, you have to change your mindset towards food and towards fitness. Find an exercise or a sporting activity that you enjoy and that is not a burden or a chore. As far as food-wise, it was just a matter of me learning how to balance my plate, you know, practice portion control, and learn how to eat some of the same foods in which I love in a healthier way, as far as a healthier prepar- um, preparation, um, as far as having alternatives, as far as, you know, um, say I love pasta. So instead of getting white pasta, I chose whole wheat pasta or a chickpea pasta. Um, I still can eat it or in the same thing as far as um, with moderation. I believe in moderation and not elimination. So as far as with all these fad diets that's out here, like the keto or low carb diets, I'm like, that's eliminating food groups. Your body's preferred source of energy are carbs. Mm-hmm. Yet it seals like, you know, they people think that carbs are the enemy. It's the simple carbs that, you know, sit there and, you know, spike your sugar up as opposed to the complex carbs. Yeah. How many of these carbs are you eating per day? Are you pairing the carbs with protein so your sugar doesn't spike? You can have the donut or the cupcake or the you know crackers occasionally. It's the everyday thing mm-hmm. that you know gets us in trouble, and how much we do it and how often. So elimination, um, pro- um, moderation instead of elimination. And I think for so, every rule too, there's like, 
You're going you're gonna to hear exceptions to every rule, but I think the vast majority of people, I think you're going to see in, because I've seen, I was a trainer at a gym for a while and, um, you know, and I did, you know, was the outreach and training coordinator for that, for that running store. And I think when you try to eliminate something completely, like you're talking about, it kind of, it just winds up boomeranging back even harder. You know what I mean? And, and that's why I love the moderation, not elimination. I've never heard that before. Um, but you're full of really cool sayings so far. I really I enjoy these. <laughs> um, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I love them. But I think that's a great one. I really do think that's a great one. I used to tell people that, like, if you want, like, if you enjoy pizza, like, don't quit eating pizza. Like, that's just going to make you want it more. Like, you, but don't eat a whole pizza. Have a, a slice or two, you know, like once a week instead of every day, you know, and it'll taste that much sweeter because you've like earned it, you know, in your head that it's like you can't and, and not even earn it because then you develop this like unhealthy relationship yeah. with eating, too. You know what I mean? But it's like it's like um, enjoy it when you have it and it makes you enjoy it just just that much more because, you know, it's a part of your life moving forward. Disease. Yeah, you're right. These elimination diets and these fat things, it's it's unfortunate because it's just kind of the way of the world nowadays. It's, you know, marketing and it's know. not sustainable. No. It's like, do you want to pee on a stick every day to make sure you're in ketosis? Do you want to eat in these, you know, windows as far as intermittent fasting and miss your, you know, girlfriend's wedding because you can't eat at her reception? Right. It's like, you know, you're missing out on life's moments for these temporary diets. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense when, like you said, you can sit there and, you know, do it in moderation and not elimination and just eat whole nutrient dense foods and make sure that it's balanced and it's portioned. Yep. Like I said, don't eliminate um, food groups. Eating should be sustainable and not because of pleasure. Um, it shouldn't be something that we earn, um, nothing to comfort us. It's basically in order for us to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, so this is a good transition, I think, to talk about uh, something that I wanted to talk about, the book that you wrote. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously, um, this was a book that was written, you know, well after your journey, right? I mean, this isn't something that you would write while you're, <laughs> or, you know, before you started your journey, that wouldn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, what, why don't you give, you know, the, you know, whoever's listening, you know, why don't you just kind of give a little quick background about, you know, what your book is and, you know, why you wrote it? Um, well, I wrote two books. Um, one is a a healthy cookbook is an ebook. Um, it's like 25 recipes for busy people on the go using things out of your pantry and your fridge. Um, that was something that I created out of the pandemic because food was kind of scarce. And I always, uh, I wouldn't say preach, but I discuss as far as how you need to have healthy items on hand um, for situations like this, um, especially when we're busy or uh, we don't have time to, you know, like really cook, cook. It's mm -hmm. like, well, what do I have on hand? Or if, you know, your money's funny and your change is strange, it's like I can't afford to go out to eat or whatever. Mm -hmm. What can, what do I have on hand that I can actually put together as far as, as a healthy meal? Um, because we waste a lot of food here, especially in the U.S., um, because we don't like leftovers or we have the um, tendency to want to eat healthy and we go out and buy all this healthy food and then all of a sudden it's wilting and going to waste because we're tired or we don't want that now so we can go out to eat um, or we forget that it's even there and we repurchase re items um, not knowing that we already had two bottles of ketchup that was open you know in the pantry or we already had like some ground turkey in the freezer 
and that was you know there three months ago but we go out and buy more ground turkey so that's where the other book came about was how to shop cook and eat healthy on a budget um, because a lot of people think that eating healthy is expensive but it's what i call the three b's eating healthy doesn't have to be bland doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be a budget buster and so it's just a matter of taking what you currently have at home looking at what's currently on sale in the sales papers as far as you ask this always coming out and then making a, a plan as far as a meal plan then you sit down write your plan you budget it out um you prep on a certain oh, oh, oh. go back one second we lost you for a minute there go, go back i heard uh talking about writing down and making a plan you cut out there so can you start there <laughs> oh sorry i, I didn't know um <laughs> as far as you take an inventory so um, you find out what you have on, in your pantry, in your fridge. You look at the sales papers that's, you know, coming out. It's like, well, what do I have currently that will match well with what's currently on sale? Then you write down an actual plan for the week. It's like, this is what we're going to have for the week. It doesn't necessarily have to be on a certain day, but these are, say, the five meals that I want to, you know, put together. You write down your grocery list as far as the ingredients that you need from what you already have. You go to the store. You start prepping. preparation and then having the things on hand so healthy cookbook another book talking about how to budget how to find great deals because i call myself the healthy budgetista <laughs> where i'm always finding great deals um, in terms of grocery shopping and so i put together all the things in which i've learned over the years to help um, you with your um, budgeting as far as no food bill because your food bill usually is the biggest bill outside of know your mortgage rent or whatever and um, like I said we tend to overspend there um, in terms of going to the grocery store eating out fast casually or even at the vending machine you know at work those coins add up especially if you're going through the Chick-fil-a and and, and um, Starbucks line every single day yeah so that you no know, money adds up where you could have got probably two bags of groceries as opposed to five cups of coffee and your chicken nuggets no, that's right. And what I what I do in every show is I put in the show notes any links that are relevant to the guests that I have on. So, you know, I put this on the internet and it sits there forever. So, anyone who comes and listens to this, um, we'll we'll put links to your books because I'm act, I'm really interested in uh, grabbing them too because I think there's it's so easy to get lost in the minutia of the day and to not think of you know kind of plan ahead and. If you don't go into you know grocery shopping um, with without a if you go in there without a plan, it's really easy to just kind of be like you know, eh, carrots are healthy. Let me grab carrots, and it goes to exactly what you said. You just start wasting you know food you know a couple of weeks down the road because you forgot that you had it. You didn't you know buy it with any intention, or you could start eating a bunch of crap too. You know, oh wow, Oreos are on sale. Well, I like Oreos, and you just grab those. And I think that happens a lot too, right? It does. I mean, impulse um, buys, as far as at the end caps at the grocery store, they're there for a reason. As usual, all the processed stuff, the candy stuff, you know, we're waiting in line, looking at the magazines like, oh, there's chips, there's cookies, there's candy. It's usually all the unhealthy stuff is on the outside, you know, at the end of the aisle because they know that we're impulse buyers, we're emotional eaters. So it's really just a trick of the trade. Yeah. And we fall into it all, you know, every single time. And um, I think the way grocery stores are set up too, at least for the most part, is 
all the fresh produce and you know vegetables and fruits and everything are around the outsides and then once you get closer to the inside that's like the more and more like processed you know kind of garbage food towards the middle there too you're correct yep um <laughs> look at me look at me <laughs> every blind squirrel finds it out once in a while <laughs> um but I was going to I was gonna say, too, know what me and my fiancé started doing, too, because we realized, like, we would go in with a plan all the time, but, you know, sometimes, you know, the best laid plans of men often go awry or whatever that saying is, but um, we'd, be, we'd go in, like, starving, and we realized, like, we got to stop shopping hungry, you know, so we make it an effort to, like, eat right before we go shopping, so there's not, we kind of curb some of the impulse buys, too, you know? That's one of the tips in the book. Is it really? Oh, wow. Yeah, don't go grocery shopping hungry. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I well, that that I definitely have experienced. So, yeah, I love that one. <laughs> I think we have my, I, well, something's going on. <laughs> well, I know. definitely will read it. Now, what is the um, – I was going to ask you. So you were on – was it – or what What show were you on talking about your book? Um, What show was I on? Um, I wasn't uh, talking about my book, but I was on the Today Show where that- I did um, talk about – Um, some of the healthy recipes that I created while I was on my weight loss journey and just my running journey, period. Gotcha. So I conflated those two, but I mean, just casually, like, yeah, I was on the Today Show talking about something, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So how did... I've been on a few shows. Um, I was on Dr. Oz um, actually during the pandemic, you know, a couple of times. But I mean, it's like, I'm just grateful for having the platform because my pain has turned into my purpose. And then my purpose has turned into my platform where I'm able to reach, you know, millions of people to talk about how you can overcome chronic illnesses, how you can overcome morbid obesity, how you can actually turn your life around no matter what age you are, as far as if it's starting a career, if it's losing weight, wanting to get married, you know, whatever it is that you want, you have to find that it, wherever it is, you can do it. That is a hell of a message. Are there any links to, are those shows or your appearances on those shows online anywhere that we could, uh, you know, link it to in the notes? I don't want to be, you know, as far as narcissistic, but if you Google me, um, all of these will actually uh, appear as far as the different places in which I've been in. Um, I was like in uh, Women's Running Magazine, Red Book, um, Dr. Oz, The Daily uh, Mail UK, um, over there in, in um, Great Britain. So I'm in a few places. If you, if you you can find me, there's some links out there. I'll be narcissistic for you, and I'll put the links in the notes so people can people can check it out because I think that's so freaking cool. That is, how did they reach out to you, or how did they hear about you or your story? Um, actually, I think I reached out to the um, to the producer of the Today Show, and she immediately you know hit me back up, and it's like, hey, I love your story. Let's fly you out here um, because at the time they were doing something called the Joy um, the Joy Club. And it was for people who um, naturally lost over 100 pounds or whatever. And so they flew me out there. It's my first time actually being in New York. And it's so funny because I actually spoke it into existence. Because I remember writing it down on paper. I was like, I want to go to New York. And never did I know that that was my ticket as far as (laughs) losing weight was going to New York. And so that's how they found me. And then after that, the doors just really started opening. As far as like with Women's Running Magazine, I was running for the cover contest for them. And so out of 2,000 entrants, um, I was um, um, in a, um, I was one of eight, wow. um, which they selected to actually be on the cover um, of the magazine. 
And so someone else won, but they still featured the rest of us inside of the magazine. That's absolutely so incredible. I, I have a great, I've had some great um, opportunities. And so I'm just very thankful that my story has resonated with so many people um, in knowing that said they can really overcome and achieve anything in which they really set their mind to. Because it takes a lot of consistency. Um, it takes some discipline and some dedication. And honestly, you know, I'm a person of faith. It took a whole lot of prayer um, <laughs> because there were many times in which I wanted to give up and there were days in which I did. I mean, even as far as today, there are times in which it's like, you know, I just don't have it in me. I don't have bandwidth. What am I doing? And then I always get a ram in the bush. It's like some someone might say something or drop a nugget or I might get an opportunity. I'm like, this is my why. This is why I work as hard as I do. This is why I sacrifice sometimes my time and my sleep because this is bigger than me. Um, it, it never was about me. It was about, like I said, inspiring and empowering other people to live a better life. I love that. I mean, that's so I just finished a book maybe about a month ago called The Confidence Gap. And a lot of what you're saying is uh, was like was written in that book. And one of the things that they said is like when you when you have a you know a major goal in mind, like you had, you know, and you found your why. You can't live in absolutes. You can't say, like, I'm never going to miss a workout. Because if you're in that mindset, most people can't live up to that. You're going to have days where you're sick or you're just not feeling it or, you know, something comes up and you're going to miss it. And if you're in that mindset where if you miss something, that's a failure, well, then it's just a snowball effect negatively from there. And I think, you know, I think what it sounds like you did just had an awesome, you know, kind of perspective on the whole, you know, fitness journey. It's like, Always remember where you started from, you know, keep that mind, keep that why in mind. And if you get derailed a day or two, that's okay because that's just a step in the entire journey. I mean, your, your journey is not anywhere near being over either. You know what I mean? There's, there is no finish line. I don't, I don't, I think it was Adidas who came up with that, you know, brilliant marketing step. But I mean, it's, that's true. You know, like Nike, just do it. And Adidas, you know, there's no finish line. I mean, those are two just, cause I constantly find myself saying, just do it. Like. When I wake up in the morning and it's raining and you don't feel like running or what, it just you can't think about it. You just got you just got to go and, like you said, find your why. And I, I think there's so many distractions in our modern day-to-day -day lives that I think it's easy to never find your why and to all of a sudden, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, just realize that like you never found your why and it's easy to figure out. It, you can't see the forest through the trees sometimes. You know, you, you get to the point where you turn around and you're like, how the hell did I become this? Well, you know, you never, if you're waking up, you know, you're eating garbage, like you get a cup of coffee, go to Chick-fil-A for breakfast, and then, you know, you're, you're going to a job you don't really like, and then you're not really driven to, like, pursue anything of your passions, and then you just go home and watch TV and then go to bed, you know, well, <laughs> you can multiply that by 20, 30 years, and you're not in a good spot, you know? So I think... It's just like anything. Like, I wouldn't want to learn music from someone who's never played an instrument before. I would never want to, like, you know, if I was in the military, I'd never want to, like, listen to a general who'd never been in my position before. Or even as a salesperson, I never want, I don't want a boss who's never done sales. Like, I want to learn from people that have done it, have proven that they have what it takes to, to, to be a beacon of, of, of inspiration. So I think your message, that's why it resonates so deeply. Like, anyone can talk about it, but you've actually talked the talk and walked the walk. Well, I, I appreciate it because, I mean, I take that wholeheartedly um, because I 
and my brand, honestly, um, because like I said, I am a walking billboard for health and wellness. Like I said, I've been on both sides of the coin. So it's easier for me to, I feel as if resonate with people because I'm not that personal trainer who's been, you know, fit their entire life. And I have a client that's 350 pounds and I'm telling them, you can do it. I don't know why you can't. I'm that person that was on the other side. I'm like, no, I can't because of such and such, or I don't have it within me today. Or I have this self-defeatist attitude where it's like, I've been beat down for so many years that, you know, I have to change my mindset before I can even get to the point of you thinking that I can, because I feel as if I can't. Mm -hmm. And so with that finish line, it's been many a times in which I felt as if it was going further and further away from me, but then that's what life is all about. We're constantly evolving because if you're not evolving, that means you're stagnant. And if you're stagnant, that means you're not moving anywhere. And so, you know, I treat my successes and setbacks the same. I feel from both of them. I learn from both of them and I keep moving because if you stay in either place too long, you're not growing. So if you stay in the success way, you know, you're not growing. And if you stay stuck, you're not growing. Learn from both, keep moving. And so that's why I constantly make goals for myself where that's probably why the finish line is, you know, steadily, you know, going further and further back because the finish line to me is death. And so whatever, you know, I do with that dash in between my born date and my death date, I want it to matter. Yeah, I, I, I listen to a lot. That's that's perfect. I mean, I, I agree with and I love everything that you said. One of the things that I do I, I, on a consistent basis, like ad nauseum to my fiance, she's like, she could recite all these non, not nonsense, but all these like YouTube videos that I watch of like inspirational videos and stuff. And, um, you know, one of them that I really like is he says, you know, live each day like it's your last because one day you're certainly going to be right. And, um, I, I mean, very similar concept to like what you say, you know, do, do, do the dash, you know, whatever the dash, you know, make the most of that. You know, there's a born date, there's a death date and do whatever you can in between there. Um, one of the questions that I do have for you that I think people will find you know, really interesting. Um, I know, you, you know, found your find your why. And obviously that's very important um, to to understand why you're doing what you're doing in day in and day out. But um, I mean, you said at 36, you changed. You know, it, 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 that was the chain turning point for you. And now you're 47. So um, obviously for well over, you know, three quarters of your life, you were in that, you know, living, you know, with obesity and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you turned it around later in life. But now you're 11 years into it and obviously you've maintained it. And because I, I think a lot of people fall to the trap of, not trap, but maybe, you know, it's hard work to get to, to lose the weight that you did and, you know, to achieve what you've achieved. And sometimes, you know, you, you do see, I don't know if relapse is the right word, but you'll see people kind of slide back into bad habits. Um, do you have any advice for people that, you know, maybe got over that hump and got to, you know, maybe a, a goal weight and have trouble maintaining that or, um, you know, keeping that up? First and foremost, um, it takes courage to even want to try. Losing weight is hard. Maintaining is even harder because you hit that goal, but now, now what? Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to approach it as a lifestyle and not a temporary thing, you No, know, as far as with the diet, because this is something that you have to work on every single day. 
you have to make choices every single day as far as to eat right to or better, I should say, um, to work out. Um, but most of all, give yourself grace. That is my biggest thing, especially with the pandemic. Give yourself grace because so many people, including myself, you know, we, we gained weight during the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, because of the added stress, um, the uncertainty, um, because even though I was working out consistently, I was eating better, cortisol was all throughout my, my system, mm -hmm. just from the stress, because I truly self-isolated. And so with cortisol, you're going to gain weight no matter what you do, um, truth be told, because, I mean, that's, that's just scientific. This is in your body or whatever. Physiological, it's like it's yep. Fighting. Yeah, it's, it's fighting, fight or flight. Yep. Um, because, I mean, I had developed, you know, some, some type of insomnia too, because, I mean, I just didn't know what was going on. Um, running, I felt as if was taken away from me during this time because I know what type of air I was breathing outside and who wants to run with a mask on. All right. Um, so so it's, it, was, it was a crazy period um, of time. And so I'm ready to get back. But the thing about it is, it's like, you really have to give yourself grace. Um, when I lost the weight, I always gave myself a window. I was like, you know, five to seven pounds. I was like, you know, I can gain weight anywhere between five to seven pounds. And if I hit that seven pound mark, I was like, I hit the brakes. I'm like, okay, girl, you got to bag on back. You know, <laughs> now no, what is it that you're doing? Um, get back on track. So um, like I said, give yourself grace. Um, just be proud of yourself as far as where you are because truth be told if you're not happy where you are right now you won't be happy once you hit that goal because you really never found the root cause of why you were overweight in the first place yeah so it's something else that's there that you have to really seek, seek deep and get to um, the root of the problem as to if I wasn't happy at 30, 350 pounds how come I'm still not happy at 165 so in, in terms of your diet and nutrition along your journey, mm -hmm. what is there like specific, you know, for instance, like me every day I track on, I use my fitness pail and I'm, you know, it's, it's not like exactly, but I have a general idea of like my triathlon training and, you know, my, my you know, lifting or, you know, resistance training that I'm doing, generally speaking, how many calories I'm burning compared to like how I'm, how many I'm taking in. Um, did you get that granular with it or was it more of, um, you know, I'm just going to cut out all the bad stuff or was it, you know, a, a more fine tuning as you went along? Like what, what was that like? Um, I was definitely not like that. Um, I, because I wasn't an athlete. I think once you get to that place where you're training for something and you can't try to count your micros and all that type yeah. of stuff, that's a lot for someone that's 350 pounds and they're used to eating six, 7,000 calories or whatever, and, and they're not used to tracking anything. Mm -hmm. So for me, I chose to eat more nutrient-dense foods and less processed stuff, and like I said, found um, healthy alternatives and, and tried to not eat as much white foods as opposed to the brown foods and you know, eating the quinoas and the brown rices or whatnot, because I was a soul food girl. Like I said, growing up in Memphis, we're all about barbecue, yeah. we're about deep frying, um, we're about, you know, honestly, like ham hocks and sweet potatoes and chicken and dressing. We, we're about <laughs> that life. And so I had to learn how to eat differently. It's like, you know, I didn't grow up eating salmon and, and steamed broccoli and brown rice. I right. was having like chicken dressing and baked macaroni and cheese and cornbread on a Wednesday. It's like <laughs> we didn't know. 
dinner was because Sunday dinner was every day in my house. You know, because, you know, Sunday dinners and holiday meals, you know, they were supposedly special. We were eating that stuff, like I said, throughout the week. <laughs> if my mama wanted to, you know, bake a ham, she baked a ham on a Friday. That's just how <laughs> it was in my household. Yeah. Hence, not being overweight. Um, but we also did canning, too. I mean, that's a lost art where we would go to, like, the farmer's market. And every summer with my grandmother, we sit at the table and we'll shuck peas and, and you know, and do okra and make pear preserves. We have pear tree in our backyard. And oh, that's cool. Uh, she made pear and apple preserves. We made chow chow. We made homemade soup. Um, we had things um, that were stocked because we had like three or four different deep freezers too. But my grandfather was born in 1905. My grandmother was born in 1911. So they were, they came up doing, you know, the depression. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, you know, food was very scarce. And so I think it just really carried over into their life where it's like, we're never going hungry again. Therefore, that's when the canning and the freezing um, came about and all the stockpiles of food. And so that was my summer as far as making, you know, things. So in case of winter times when we couldn't get out, we right. always had hence me also eating and, um, and being overweight. Um, as well. So it's, it's, I had to change as far as just, you know, I didn't count calories. Um, at first I did my, my fitness pal, that wasn't working for me. To me, if you're used to eating 6,000 calories and then you start eating 3,000, that's a win because you're automatically going to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not until you get to so somewhat your goal weight that you really probably need to like buckle down as far as calories. But by that time, I was eyeballing stuff. So mm-hmm. I really was, like I said, still like tracking calories, as you can say. I just made sure I had like a lean protein, a complex carb, and like a non-starchy vegetable with like a healthy fat. Or if I had a starchy vegetable, I made sure I didn't have like any type of carb. So I, I, I worked my plates that way. And I used measuring cups, measuring spoons. I read all my labels as far as what serving sizes were. I use a digital scale. So I did use some tools in that regard as far as calorie counting now. Yeah, I I didn't do that. Well, I was going to, first of all, it's interesting you said your grandparents were born in, what'd you say, 05 and 11? 05 and 1911. Yeah, my family wasn't even in the U.S. yet. They came from Italy in 1918. So that's pretty wild that they were here. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the, um, what else? Oh, so that's. That's, I think, such a big, when people, you know, when I was trying to teach, and I'm not a certified nutritionist, so I would just say I just keep up to date on all this stuff, and, you know, I learn as it goes, and it's one of these things, the more you know, the more you don't know, right? Because, you know, one one piece of knowledge opens up to, like, 20 more questions that you have, and then those questions open up. But I used to say, you know, and I think this is a fact, I mean, portion size is... It's so misleading to read a nutrition label because you read a nutrition label, you'll be like, oh, wow, it's only 100 calories. And it's a box and there's like, you know, 50 servings in it. You know what I mean? You'll sit around and eat the whole box, you know, and people don't realize, you know, portions are really essential. I, I, I mean, that's probably the most basic building block of, of any weight loss journey is trying to understand, you know, portion control or, uh, I mean, for me as a triathlete, I'm just constantly hungry and it's easy for yeah and I I mean I could eat like a jar of peanut butter like in one sitting but like 
what I try to do is I try to eat a lot of like high volume type foods. So it fills me up and I'm not just like, you know, like, like you said, like broccoli or cauliflower or even like cauliflower pizza is just, you know, and I was going to mention too earlier. I mean, I'm from Buffalo, so chicken wings are a, um, a food group there. So we, you know, we'd have wings. I, um, one of my close friends is in Memphis and, um, Memphis is actually, so I'm in Dallas and, um, there's, if, if when we drive, cause we drive home to Buffalo, we got two dogs. So we either stop in Nashville cause it's exactly halfway or Memphis and then Cincinnati because that's a third. So next okay. time I drive through Memphis, I'll have to hit you up. We could grab lunch or something. Please do. Yeah. Please. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So let's talk about um, – so you said you're a fitness instructor now, right? Yeah. I, I, well, I was teaching a lot of stuff before the pandemic. So mm-hmm. um, at the particular time, I was teaching bar. I was teaching um, three days a week as far as indoor cycling. I was teaching seniors, which I absolutely love. Oh, that's cool. Um, I was teaching them um, cardio as well, strength training, and um, chair yoga. And so um, I had, um, right before the gyms um, closed down, I was also training to become a body pump instructor. So during the pandemic, I ended up getting my um, certification as far as in body pump too. Wow, So that, and that's actually a question I had before. I forgot to, I'm writing stuff down here as we go. Um, but so, you know, obviously you chose, you know, that, you know, cardio is, you know, a great way to lose weight, stay active and all that. But did you do a lot of resistance training too, and, um, throughout your, your journey? Not really. Um, because I didn't understand at that time, that is something which I would encourage people if they are trying to lose weight is to definitely do cardio and strength training at the same time. It wasn't until I guess like the back end of my uh, weight loss journey that I started doing like boot camps or hit type of um, exercises um, involving weights or whatever. But now that I am a marathoner, I'm totally believe in cross training mm-hmm. um, as far as um, resistance training because we can get injured so much because of the cardio and our bodies just you know beating the pavement and, and just losing muscle especially if you're an endurance athlete as far as running you know half marathons and, and marathons because I don't know doing like marathon season like while I was training for St. Jude I was over 18 weeks I easily ran like 500 miles Jesus or whatever <laughs> Yeah, I was getting up like at two thirty in the morning just so I can beat the sun. That's so crazy. Um, yeah, I'm very, very crazy. I'm like, girl, why? Because I mean, even when I'm running, I was like, girl, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, you know, you could be in the bed sleep like everybody else. It's like you know, all the thoughts that go into your head, in your head. But then it's like when you finish, you feel like you're just this super badass woman. Yep. Or whatever. And so it's like, it's it's, it's crazy. Runners are crazy. I'm pretty sure triathletes are crazy too. Because honestly, I want to be a triathlete. But I don't know how to swim. I just got a bike. Um, so I'm taking one step at a time. I like baby steps because I want to act a fool in the water. And I don't want to drown. And I also just said yep to you. Like you said, you know, you feel like a badass woman. And I'm like, yep, yep. I definitely don't know what it's like to feel like a badass woman. But I know what it's like to feel badass. <laughs> but um, I see I lucked out with triathlon because not lucked out. But I mean, I was I was the captain of my swim team in high school. And um, huh? so I had the I mean, Swimming in a pool and doing, you know, 50s and 100s is a lot different than swimming a half mile in an open water lake. But at least I had the skill of swimming. And I always just say, you know, that is I, – I, I give credit to people who don't know how to swim and then, you know, get into triathlon because that is – 
it's the only sport where you can't breathe whenever you want. You know, every other sport, the harder you work, the more you breathe, you know, you breathe faster. But in swimming, you got to rhythmically breathe. And that's a really hard concept to, to kind of put together. But if you get into it, I mean, any questions, obviously, I'm here to, to, hear, here to help you out and, uh, you know, push you. And we could, we could do it. One of my buddies, actually, um, the guy that was in, um, in Memphis, he won the Aquathlon um, National Championship for his age group. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. actually like, he, I think he was like, he was my like fourth guest on the show or something like that. But yeah, he, he was on. But yeah, he's he's in Memphis too. So I got two reasons to go to Memphis now or to stop when we drive yeah, there. And St. Jude um, has a, um, an Ironman here too. So we were supposed to do it last year. Uh, but of course, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, well, maybe this is my, you know, I guess, science. Like, you should do it. You should learn how to swim and bike. So it's still on the table. I, I don't know. But um, I never thought I would become a fitness instructor in anything because, like I said, I hated exercise. I know the couch was my friend. But now to sit there and teach, like, the body classes and you know, cycling and body pump and all these other type of fitness modalities. You couldn't even tell me I was gonna be teaching yoga either. I'm like, here I am doing yoga. Um, so when I say holistic health, I really do mean it as far as mind, body, and spirit. Um, because if it's running, if it's indoor cycling, um, like I said, finding your, you know, yourself on the mat, um, I'm, I'm there for you. I mean, even in terms of nutrition and as far as nutritional counseling, um, because Holistic health is the foundation of who you are. Um, whether, like I said, your work, your your spirit, um, your social you know, self, as far as the mental, the physical, the spiritual, the emotion that's connected to it. That's how I got my business name, Fit and Finally Free. All of those weights were dropped from me um, in terms of the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the mental. And so when I have a client or I you know, do some type of talk, I talk about those four areas because all of those areas work together. Yeah. And like I said, they make us who we are. And when one of those things are out of sync, as far as your chakras, the rest of you, you know, is out of sync. So it's like, you can't put, you know, your eggs all in one basket. It's like, you have to work on each and every one of those things every single day. And it's pretty easy to ignore, you know, one of those, right? I mean, it's, I think a lot of people really don't take the time to find themselves. You know, they're just constantly trying to keep up with others maybe, or, you know, maybe doing what you think you're supposed to be doing. But to me, there is no supposed to. You're born and just figure it out until you die, (laughs) right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. (laughs) But it's hard finding your purpose because people confuse purpose with passion. Like, is this what you're meant to do, what you were called to do? Because I feel as if we're all assigned people and and things to do as far as while we're here. Or is this a passion project? Or is this just a season in which you're, you know, uncertain because, you know, things are wreaking havoc in your life and it's like you just really don't know. So are you called to do as far as your purpose? Or is it really, like I say, a passion project? It's like, well, I like doing this and it brings me joy, but it's not really my purpose. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never really thought about it like that before, but I think that's a great way to look at it. Do you, do you find a lot of people that you talk to confuse the two or conflate the two? And I do. Um, I actually had a girlfriend today. Was you no, know, she's in in healthcare, and she's like, I want to do something else. What should I do? And so I was like, for one, why ask the question now? 
I was like, is it a the season that you're in? Is something happening in your life that's causing you to question what it is that you're currently doing, that you have been doing for the past 10 or 15 years? Do you feel as if it's your purpose? Or if it's not, like I said, you know, all these things in which you think you want to do, is it, like I said, a passion that you want to do it? Because say, for instance, I love cooking, but do I want to become a chef or I just like cooking? Okay. So yeah, yeah. you have to determine, like I said, is it my purpose or is it my passion? I love because, that. Yeah, a lot of people tend to confuse the two because they feel as if the hobbies or their passions are really what they were called to do in life when it's really not. It's just there to fulfill you and to fill in the gaps that you need to you know, have that happiness and joy inside of you as opposed to how am I giving back to the community? How am I giving back to society? Um, because I'm very social driven now um, as far as just being an advocate, especially in black maternal health care, for the simple fact that black women are two to three times likely to die 40 days postpartum as opposed to white women. Same thing as far as with babies, just due to health care disparities, due to social and economic gaps, and honestly not being taken seriously um, in terms of you know, our pain threshold and just who we are you know, in general. That's and interesting. So, I didn't, I didn't, I obviously had no idea about that. Going into like the prenatal yoga and the doula services because they need an advocate and a voice for them to empower them and, you know, and honestly to help save their lives. Because when you're going through that much pain, you're not thinking about what is it that, that the doctor is doing or saying because we're trusting that they have our best interests in mind and sometimes they're not. And so it's like, I'm the person that's there to sit there and make sure that your birth plan goes as planned as, as you want it to be. And then, like I said, just to be a voice. I'm not trying to, you know, over, um, overcome whatever it is that you want to do, but just to be that support person for you. So I've, I found gaps within my community in which I felt there was a need, and I decided to step up to fill that gap. And so in terms of health and wellness, because there's food insecurity, um, insecure areas here too. Um, they don't have the transportation or the knowledge as far as how to eat healthier or better when, you know, it's like you need someone to come into these areas that look like them because rep rep representation matters. Mm -hmm. oh, I agree. Um, yeah. You have to um, have a trusted source in which they can relate to and confide in. I saw there was a need. It's like, okay, I need to help people as far as nutritional counseling and get them to um, find a better way of living life because here in Memphis, we're like in the top five cities in America in terms of obesity, um, diabetes, and hypertension. We have dialysis centers popping up everywhere here in Memphis for the simple fact that um, people are not taking care of themselves, don't have access to, like I said, better health care, um, can't afford their medicine, um, they're, they're not aware or educated um, in terms of how to eat better or, ha like I said, have the means of eating better. So, like I said, I felt that there was a need and there was a gap there. So, I was like, how can I fill this gap? Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. That's that's honestly some really incredibly noble stuff that you do. I think there's, it's really easy for people to see something like that and sometimes say, well, you know, I, I could do that, but someone else will step up or, you know, it's maybe not my place to do it or I'm too busy or whatever, but to actually do that. And I know that you deal with some pretty tough situations too. 
Um, I mean, I mean, you posted something yesterday, I think, on your Facebook page about um, a tough situation that you're in. So, um, you know, it's 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 tough but necessary kind of uh, you know work that you do. And I'll tell you, it's, it it really is very noble. And um, inspiration comes in many different forms, and um, I think you come in basically all of those forms. <laughs> Well, thank you. I'm humbled by that statement. Because um, like I said, it's so much bigger than me. And I'm only one person. But sometimes it only takes one person to actually get the ball rolling. That's right. Well, I think, like you said, the difference between like passion and purpose, I think there's also, you know, disingenuous and, you know, genuine people as well. And when someone is, is very fiery and driven, like someone like yourself, I think that just is very transparent and people can see that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I um, everything that you've talked about so far is just is, is crazy, crazy inspirational. And I wanted to touch on the journalism part too. Um, you, so you said you went to, to college for journalism. Um, are you still in that field at all, or, or where did that take you? Um, I guess I kind of bypass it. Um, the crazy thing about it is, I wanted to be a copywriter. I wanted to write advertising jingles and ads or whatnot. But now I'm writing recipes, I'm mm-hmm. writing inspiration. Um, you know, it's like I'm, my words are different now, I guess you can say. But I see the way your mind works. You got all these phrases and, you know, so it didn't leave you completely. You know, you're still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of bypassed it because it was so crazy. I would never remember, I'll never forget. It was about 10 years ago, I went to my pastor um, and I had asked him, I was like, you know, I'm you know, having some issues and having some problems. And it's like, well, you should journal about it. And I was like, I don't want to write about my issues or problems. I said, because when you read about it, you you know, sometimes it can bring no sadness to you. But then also, too, if you read, you can see how far you've overcome. And so um, I just thought as far as like, for instance, my weight loss journey it was very, very personal to me. And honestly, I never really just documented or took pictures or anything as I was going through the process. Because I'm thinking, like, people lose weight all day. Why would they want to hear about my story? Um, little did I know how my story actually was impactful for some people. And so I was like, you know, over 10 years ago, my pastor said, write about your personal journey. And now here I am writing to the world about my personal journey. And so it was really, I guess, a 180 where something to me that was so private actually became very public, but then it had to um, become public because it's helping so many more people because some people have shared the same story in which I have. Everyone has a story. And so, you know, it depends upon if you're ready to be transparent and vulnerable in telling, you know, your story. Because honestly, I haven't told all parts of it. I don't think anyone tells everything. Right. But, you know, wherever it is that you feel um, that you can share, just know that it is impacting other people in some kind of way, regardless if they say it or not. Because, you know, honestly, I have a lot of voyeurs I know that follow me. But if I say meet them out in person, they can tell me everything which I've ever said or done, but they never say anything. So just know that, you know, sometimes you have to clap yourself on the back. I know that, you know, it's all, it's not about you, it's about other people, but you are impacting other people, regardless, like I said if you're saying anything or not. It's a matter of like, do you want to be influential or do you want to be impactful? I want to have, I want to be impactful. I love that. Yeah, that's, um, that really is the reason why like, you know, I started this show and, 
if you look at my Instagram, it's not like, you know, look at me, look at me. It's like, you can do this. You know, I, I, I just want to, like, provide just – I want someone to just be like, if he can do it, I can do it. You know, that that's – if someone says that, like, I love that. I I ran um, – on Sunday I ran, or Saturday I did, like, eight miles or something like that. And, you know, I'm, it's, I'm doing the Better Your Mile Challenge, the, the on thing. Okay. And um, – so I've been kind of documenting that just on Instagram stories, not nothing crazy. And someone wrote, wrote to me, um, you know, God damn, you're in, inspiring or something like that, you know. And I don't think that person really understands, like, how much that means to me because I'm not doing it for, you know, vanity reasons or anything like that. And it's, it's kind of an ironic situation because, like, I hate hearing myself talk. I have this weird, like, upstate New York accent and, you know, and I, like – I've never been the kind of person to like, you know, do that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, as this show goes on and more and more people start to listen to it and like my friends and stuff, they'll tell me like, oh, I heard your show last week. And what a cool guest, you know, and I'm going to start doing this. And that's the point. Like, that's the point right there is to just to to surround yourself by with inspiring and because it can go both ways. You know, if you're surrounding yourself with, you know, uninspired or. Um, I don't know what other word. I'm not good with words, but um, my last name's Goldsmith, not Wordsmith. Um, Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you have your little thing too. <laughs> I just came up with that. I just came up with it. Um, but the um, but you know what I'm saying is, I just try to be like, I want people to just like, hey, another episode's up. Who's he talking to this week? Because I've talked to such a broad spectrum. I had a guy who got um, he was in the Olympics for swimming. And then mm-hmm. by the time he was, I think in his like early thirties, he was obese. His doctor was like, "Yo, if, if you keep going this way, like same thing, kind of like you is, you know, you're, you're not gonna make it, man. Like you, you got to change it." And his why was his kid. He just had like a two year old kid. Well, now he's back in. Um, he travels the world and like the, he goes to world championships and swimming again. So he was like at the peak. And then dropped, and now he's back. You know, and his why was his kid. I have another guy who got into inline speed skating at the age of forty years old. Like, what a weird, you know, like path to take. But like, he loves it, and he's great. He's going to national championships for that. You know, so if I could just inspire one person to pick up a new hobby or new, you know, passion, and you know, get healthy or you know, find a new purpose. I mean, that's that's the point of all this. So I think what you're saying is definitely. Um, I mean, it's perfect for what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And I, my Instagram feeds and my Facebook feeds and Twitter and everything is just slowly becoming like an all-enveloping, like all my guests. I, every every guest I have on, I follow them. So, like, my feed is just all people doing cool shit all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, because like you say, it matters. It's like I want my feed to have people that are doing things in life and inspiring people because – what you read, what you take in, you know, it becomes, you know, part of your spirit. So if you're having people and you're following folks that's like eating bad or not doing anything with their life, it's like, you know, do you want to read that type of, you know, negative type of stuff all the time or ignore the complaining? Or do you want people that can say it that are inspiring you? And, yep. you know, so it, it makes a difference because you have to, even with social media, you know, you have to pick your friends your virtual friends that you want to be around because it, it really does matter That's social right. media discussion happens well where, social you know, media i think you not I, not i think i mean you create your view of the world you know through social media i mean you can 
I could I could make the world the worst place imaginable by the people that I follow, like on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, if if I want to, you know, follow you know only people on the left, I could do that. If I want to follow only people on the right, and then you just it's this slippery slope, and then it just creates division. And I, I've cognizantly made the decision to just like to to not you know deal with any of that nonsense because it's nonsense because people say stuff that they wouldn't say to each other in person and people and it, it, it's it, it really is energy like you said it's all you know you're i forgot the word you said like shocker or something but like it's all energy in and out i mean it's all just it's it's flowing everywhere all the time and i think it's something to be cognizant of that i don't think enough people are on a day-to-day basis yeah i call those keyboard gangsters it's a lot of them there's definitely a lot of them it's like you'll say that behind the screen but will you say that to me in person that's right. Do you have enough confidence to do that? And I don't think they do. No, for sure not. For sure. For sure. Because I'm the type of person, I don't start anything, but I will finish. Yeah. Well, don't, you know, I, I, I think every person has the right to defend themselves, right? I mean, you can't just, especially, like, if you, if there's no ill will to anything that you're doing, and then someone just comes at you, like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We are just over an hour, believe it no. or not. Yeah. We, um... I'll tell you, this is this has been one of my favorite conversations I've had because of what you've been able to do, and I'm going to point to this a lot. I'm going to refer people to this to listen to this, um, and I, you know, you're going to send me the links when we get off here, so I can put them in the show notes and everything. But um, I don't prepare anything when we, you know, before we talk. I don't prepare any questions or anything. So um, I always like to give you the floor for the last little bit here. Like, is there anything we didn't talk about, or is there any message that you want to? put into the ethos you know the floor is yours um if anything like um i've said time and time again give yourself grace um because we make mistakes um every day is not going to be a good day but each day is the opportunity to get it right well i um I think that's a great spot to end i think that's a great message to to end the show on so um i just want to say thank you again i know how incredibly busy you are um in your day-to-day and um you know i really appreciate you coming on and you know thanks to everyone who listened um i'm gonna i'm gonna produce the show right now and you'll see it up on all my social media profiles and make sure you follow almetria because she is just an incredible beacon of inspiration and um, positivity Thanks for watching, everybody. Ametria, we will see you soon. All right.